0: This podcast is sponsored by Life Boost Coffee. Clean, organic, and non-toxic ingredients are important for your health. And Life Boost Coffee is no exception. Go to coffeewithdoc.com to receive 50% off your first order. That's coffeewithdoc.com.
1: On today's episode of the Daily Dose with Dr. Greg, I have Dr. Angie Mueller on on store. She is a she is a, a Coloradoan by by winter and a Hawaiian by the rest of the year. I'm a bit envious, which is awesome. We're gonna dive in today and talk about pelvic floor, pelvic floor therapy, what it means, um, how it impacts you, and hopefully before our episode is done today, people will have some tips and tricks on how to optimize. So. Angie, it's an honor. I, we're, okay. We've been talking for about 10 minutes already. Uh, it's good to have you here.
2: Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, this yeah is good. it's an honor. I've been looking forward to this.
1: Right on. Well, you were referred to us by one of our other podcast guests who really specializes in female health. And she's like, hey, you guys need Dr. Angie on your podcast. This woman knows her stuff. So I always love the story. Um, you know, like they say yeah. in Hawaiian, right? Let's talk story. And I I, right. I didn't get that until I moved there. And what that really means is, let's get to know each other. Let's let's connect because they're truly, you know. I I learned also like even the word aloha, right? It means breath of life. It means that we're close enough together to truly know each other and to truly okay. breathe the same breath and to be connected. Because I I really believe we're all connected. And
2: absolutely, uh, and I, I agree.
1: If someone's listening to this and they're not connected, then then I go, man, that's. I believe the quality of life is based upon the connections that we have. So percent. Talk, talk me about your journey, whether it's from upbringing through becoming a physical therapist and then how this whole world of pelvic floor specialty came in. I'm curious of the journey.
2: Okay. Yeah. So um, I became interested in, in physical therapy because I had a lot of physical therapy growing up myself. I was a softball pitcher growing up. So I had um, shoulder and back pain Mm -hmm. and um, just loved my physical therapist. She helped me so much. And I thought, you know, I I think I want to try this out. Um, And so I actually started out, I kind of changed my mind, started out at uh, CU Boulder in the School of Business, tried that out for a year and was like, no, this isn't for me. Um, And then transferred to CSU um, got my degree in sports medicine, cool. and then went straight to uh, Regis to get my doctorate in physical therapy. Is
1: that up in Fort Collins, CSU?
2: Yes. Okay, Fort perfect. Collins. So up
1: north, awesome. So yeah. that is amazing. So, and do you, when you were inside of the physical therapy program, was it like, yes, this is this is why I'm here. These are this is congruent with what I thought I was getting myself into. Did you have that experience?
2: Honestly. Um, like the first two days of PT school were so intense, like Regis is a, you know, like a private school, Mm -hmm. the the teachers are amazing, Um, so thankful for my education, um, but they're intense, and I remember like the director of the program like sat us all down, and was like, okay, you're here now, and you cannot have another job, like don't try to get married or have kids, like you're not going to have a life outside of PT school. And I went home and I was like, you know, I I don't think I want to do this. And um, honestly, I wanted to, I wanted to quit. And um, my parents talked me out of it. They're like, you came this far, you work so hard, you know, see it through. And that was the one of the best decisions I made was to see it through. um, Because I absolutely love what I do. I got such a great education, made so many, um, amazing connections. Um, had some really, really incredible mentors that came out of Regis university. Um, and you know, all of that, that whole experience the um, you know, the fun parts and the not so fun parts, like truly shaped me as a clinician and, and led me down the path that, um, I've gone on.
1: That's wild. Where again is Regis at?
2: In Denver. What oh, is in Denver? Yeah, like okay. North so, Denver. So
1: you didn't get too far from home during this whole process, right? Grew up in South Denver no. area. That's awesome. And then, yeah. so, okay, so help me understand then where this whole, because physical therapy is this, like, everything from a sore toe to I can't put my arm over my head. But you found this niche in pelvic floor therapy. How did it find you?
2: Yeah. Well, it was it was through mentorship. Um, in, in school, I was, like, mostly – interested in orthopedics and women's health. Okay. And um, I did my thesis on the effects of pregnancy and delivery on the pelvic floor. And my mentor, my research advisor, um, really took me under her wing. Um, I ended up doing a fellowship with her after I graduated from research or from Regis mm-hmm. and um, continued to do that research with her. And At the same time, I was also mentored by another one of my professors um, who was really into sports medicine and treated a lot of uh, professional athletes up in Fort Collins and um, marathon runners, triathletes. And so those were kind of like my two um, perspectives And both of those teachers were really into manual therapy, so um, dry needling, you know, joint mobilization, soft tissue work, and all of that. So I always had a really heavy focus in um, manual therapy, like from the very, very beginning. Hands
1: on, like get dirty, get in there. Let's 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 do this.
2: Exactly. I love that. I love
1: that. Okay, so pelvic floor therapy and core strength, right? They like there's, they're, they're tied together here. So like, talk me through the correlation because people, when they think of, they, I think they understand like my core, but when you talk about like Mm -hmm. my pelvic floor, they're like, um, so help, help our listeners kind of understand the, like help them wrap their heads around what that looks like.
2: Okay. So, um, your pelvic floor is a part of your core and your core is everything except for your arms and legs. Okay, so it's your head, your neck, your, you know, your rib cage, your chest, your abdomen, your pelvis and your hips. Love it. And it includes all of the structures within those areas. Yeah. So your brain, your eyes, your mouth, your throat, your lungs, your shoulders, yeah. your stomach, your intestines, your liver, kidneys, bowel, bladder, uterus, prostate. And all of the muscles that surround that, all of the, um, the arteries and the veins and the nerves and the lymph and the fascia. Right. So when I look at the core, I take into account all of that. So we're looking at, you know, a lot of people, you think of your core and you're thinking of your six pack abs, right. you know? Um, but your core is so much more than that. Yes. And when I realized that, that was really, um, the epiphany that led me to, you know, really specializing in this and and creating a, a method and an, a whole program about core health. my gosh,
1: um, We're, we're going to get into that program. I'm excited to, yeah. I love when people <laughs> understand a concept well enough. And I say success has left clues for, a, for long enough to say, Hey, this is something that I know enough about that. I could walk someone through it, or there's, there's a journey. So I'm I'm excited. But you also, I think like myself, you also have that philosophy that the body can heal itself, right? And it's designed to heal. So maybe elaborate more on that for me.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's the most magnificent thing about the body is it's we're always being like magnetized in the healing direction. Like you could even be, you know, you could eat crappy and not exercise, not drink enough water and your body, your cells will still have this like magnetism towards healing. Yeah. So when you do provide the body with healing inputs, it's really incredible how, you know, quickly we can actually make changes. Right. Um, and I, I also believe that, you know, Um, because of our body's innate ability to heal, a lot of what I do has to do with um, blood flow because that innate ability to heal resides within our blood. And our blood carries our oxygen and our oxygen is our life. Um, And so I think blood flow, blood flow is everything. I I look at the core from a very um, kind of biomechanical standpoint. Um, and it's it's all about bringing optimal blood flow to the structures that we're concerned about.
1: So I'm going to back up a couple of steps because you've got my brain spinning now about the definition of the core. So really, the core is the shoulder joint, but not the humerus, right? The scap and everything associated is part yes. of the core. The core yes. is the pelvis and everything about the, the pelvic labrum, but not the femur. So so really, it's yeah femurs down, humerus is out. The rest is core. Yes. That is so intriguing. And I, and I think, so one of my degrees from 21 years ago is, is is as a chiropractor. And I, and I too, like you loved the hands-on loved the, why is the body doing that? Or what's the association of that? And, and also is the body responding intelligently, right? Like, so Mm. I've always had this like really curious spirit you know, Western medical training says, "Here's the scoop: your body's pretty messed up, and your nervous system doesn't know what the hell's going on." And we're here to take over. And I'm like, "Okay, time out here. Uh, we're seven. Yeah. We're 75 trillion cells. We're a million bits of information every second. And Western medicine is saying that I'm, I've gone rogue, right? No. So that yeah. curi- I've always, I always loved that curiosity, like." If if we make the assumption that the body's responding appropriately, then we get to ask, what's it responding to?
2: Ah, uh, yes.
1: Right. So, like, why is your right shoulder, or why is your diaphragm, or why is your pelvic floor the the sling of that of that core? Why is it? Why why is it? Or how could it be responding appropriately? What is the environment, and whatever symptom? is appropriate. So in lieu of that, Angie, what are now again, the pelvic floor is but a small portion of this whole thing called the core. What would yes. be so for our listeners, um, what would be like maybe the top two or three signs that they might be attuned to that you as a as an expert would say pelvic floor, pelvic floor dysfunction. What could what could our listener how could they take a little inventory of their body right now and go, "Oh yeah, that's me."
2: Okay, yeah. So, so pelvic floor dysfunction, um, it it shows up in so many different um, manifestations. Um, one of the one of the biggest ones is um, bowel or bladder dysfunction. So that's kind of a those are really broad terms. Um, yeah. But bowel and bladder dysfunction, you know, that could be constipation, hemorrhoids, IBS, bloating, digestive issues, um, incontinence. um, As far as bladder, that could be urgency, frequency, um, leaking on the way to the bathroom, leaking with coughing or sneezing. That could be um, sexual dysfunction, pain with intercourse, difficulty achieving orgasm. It could be um, fertility issues so difficulty getting pregnant, menstrual irregularity, so yeah. you don't get your period regularly. Um, it could be, you know, painful periods, um, you know, brown blood, spotting, you know, when it's not your time of the month.
0: Right.
2: Um, those are kind of the, when you think pelvic floor, you think Bowel, bladder, sex, right? And okay. fertility. Yeah. So those, those would be kind of the um, most obvious things.
1: Now, correct the me. The oh, lesser obvious. Yes, yeah, go for oh, yeah. it. No, no, no. Keep going. You're on a roll. I like it.
2: Okay. <laughs> the lesser obvious symptoms of pelvic floor dysfunction would be uh, back pain, tailbone pain, hip pain. Yeah. Um, An even less obvious symptom of pelvic floor dysfunction is breathing. Okay, so how like like shallow breathing, um, you know, any sort of breathing dysfunction, mm-hmm. asthma, one hundred percent is connected to your pelvic floor and your pelvic floor's function. I love it. So your your pelvic floor and your diaphragm are like twin sisters. So they function like a piston inside of your core. Um, and they always move together. So whatever's happening at your diaphragm is going to be mirrored in your pelvic floor.
1: Interesting. I love that. So correct me if I'm wrong, a pelvic floor dysfunction is not just a female condition.
2: Oh yeah, no way. <laughs> Men have pelvic floors too. Yeah. We just don't talk about it enough. We talk about you know? and, and
1: guys, I'm not <laughs> sure if you found this professionally. I for sure have. Most guys are like, I'm fine until proven otherwise, right? They're like, I'm fine. We're, and women, I think, are just way more, I shouldn't say yeah. globally, not everyone, but just are more intuitive with their bodies. And obviously, you know, yeah. being pregnant, um, delivering a child, uh, which, which, correct me if I'm wrong, you've had that experience and not, you've got like a, one, one, how old yes, you? Yes, I have a
2: two-year-old daughter. Oh
1: my gosh, life is good. So that gave you yet a whole nother perspective to
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: tell me tell me what Absolutely. your body taught you about your expertise and your experience with your daughter and carrying her and delivering her.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, it was such a wonderful, magical experience. Um, yeah, and it was really interesting because I had treated so many pregnant moms like through pregnancy and postpartum prior to having Maya. Um, and one of the biggest things that changed in me is – Prior to having Maya, I would, you know, give my moms this like 60 minute exercise routine or be like, just hold your baby on the other side, you know, um, that sort of thing. And and then I'd be like, why, you know, why aren't they doing it? Um, And then I had Maya, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. Okay, so now I'm like, hey, mom here's something you can do for three minutes and then maybe you can like repeat it again in another three minutes later on in the day. And, you know, um, here's what you can do if you just can't hold your baby on that side, you
0: know? Um, so
2: now it's, yeah, I've, um, I've woken up to reality of like what life is to be like, truly, truly busy and, um, and it it, responsible for a life. I mean, that's that's huge. And
1: not just her life, but, but yours in addition, right? So many women, like, and I get, I love the burden of a mother. My wife is like God's gift to our babies. And yet so many women, at least in my practice, and I'm sure in yours too, it's like, don't forget about you. Don't, don't forget about, you gotta, you gotta focus on you. Like you're, you're worth it, right? Don't, don't think that you go to hell in a handbasket once you have a baby, like, like it's, it's super important to take care of you through that as well.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, you can't be the best mom you can be when you're not, you know, taking care of yourself and, and all the important ways like sleep and eating good and exercising and well, all of let's that. Let's go
1: to that so, because you even wrote down here um, that you have a conversation about mental, emotional, spiritual, and not just how is your, you know, pubic floor musculature. Talk me through maybe um, your philosophy on that, and then help me understand how that gives you perspective into the structural integrity of the tissue of the core.
2: Yeah, okay, wonderful. So, um, yeah, so I don't necessarily like specialize in the mental, emotional, spiritual piece, um, but I get to witness the impact that physical change has on your mental state, your emotional state, sure. and your spirit. For sure. And so, just witnessing and acknowledging that, and um, you know, sharing in that experience with my patient, just by seeing them go through that, um, I think allows it to take a take a course of its own. Um, and you know, I, I think also that working, doing a lot of manual therapy for years, and feeling a lot of trigger points, and um, you know, just getting to know people and my patients on that, like, more intimate level, um, really, we do, we do store certain emotions, experiences, uh, you know, traumas, even, like, Hereditary things. We we certainly store them in certain areas of our body, right. um, especially our organs yeah. and especially our muscles and the core. So if we take it down to like the most vulnerable part of the core that's not encased in bone, our bellies, right? right? Yeah, that's where we we really tend to hold a lot of tension. Um, and so my approach to that is. Not so much trying to like analyze it with the brain and like call it something or say this is good or this is bad. My approach to it is more like physically through the body, just feeling it, just being the space where, where you're feeling it. Like I'll, I teach an abdominal massage. So I'll teach patients to like, feel, feel it with their hands, feel it from the inside and, and just have a loving presence around it and not necessarily trying to change it but just almost just kind of when you know when when you're having a physical release like you're releasing a trigger point or you're releasing some fascial restriction um, it's sort of like just holding space for a friend or family member who's having an experience or Uh venting to you or something. So you wouldn't necessarily be like, okay, hurry up, hurry up. Or, you know, you wouldn't be like, you know, this is, that's good. Or that's bad. You just, you're just listening.
1: Yeah. I want to honor, I want to honor your presence in that. Uh, There's a book I read probably 20 years ago and it's called feelings buried alive, never die. And, and it just, it opened the possibility that our bodies are such intelligent beings and if we don't process events, whether conscious or unconscious or in some cases generational or or outside of our generation, yeah. those things take up space and energy. And and two, when you think of the core, you do use the world, it's vulnerable, right? So what would yeah. be the most common, and it's now probably no longer maybe hopefully it's still exciting, but you're like, oh my gosh, this is like a, a miracle to witness. What is the most common release or experience that you get to witness as a facilitator in the healing process with your clients?
2: Yeah, well, um, oh my gosh, where do I even start?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can guarantee that people are on your table or wherever they're working and all of a sudden they just are, they weep, right? There's this, there's this, and part of it to acknowledge you as well, your presence says it's safe. This place is safe to deal with this. This, this presence is safe for this to leave you. This presence is safe for your body to say, you no longer are serving me. This is time to send this through, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's huge to just, um, I always aim to like meet people exactly where they are. Mm -hmm. And even though they're coming to me with like an ailment or a, you know, a pain or a dysfunction, I don't necessarily like view it as a bad thing. It's just our, it's just our body talking to us. So this is like a way that your body's communicating to you. This is a way that your body's asking you to um, like learn something or, or move in a different way. And all it is like, our our pain, our dysfunction, um, disease, whatever condition you want to call it, is um is really a guide. And that. it's it's a guide to to teach us something and it, it helps us grow. And that is the um, it brings out like the humility in us, right? It's like um we're human, that's the human condition. We're not perfect. Right. Like this is part of being human, is experiencing our bodies in this way and all, you know, in, in its entirety, you know, so, good. That's so, um, good. so I, I tell you what, yeah, hold,
1: I, hold that thought. We're going to take a little break here for a, for a sponsor. Um, there, we could, we could talk for days on this, but, uh, <laughs> pump the brakes there and we'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Therisage, affordable at-home saunas and therapy made simple. Therisage is your source for infrared healing and detox on the go. Head to therisage.com and use code Dr. Gregg Health for 10% off your entire order. Hi, everyone. This is Ben, one of Dr. Greg's producers. We appreciate you tuning into The Daily Dose with Dr. Greg. We're so grateful for every single one of our listeners, and we know that our audience is expanding all over the world. If you are interested in working with Dr. Greg or Vitae Clinic, all you have to do is click the link in this episode's show notes. We want to bring people as much value as possible. So if you've personally enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, we welcome all of your comments and feedback and questions on any of our social media platforms. Feel free to reach out at any time. That said, let's hop back into today's conversation of The Daily Dose with Dr. Greg.
1: All right, guys, we are back. I'm here with with Dr. Angie, and we are talking about all things Hawaii and pelvic floor and having babies. Uh, Let's jump into um, your studies about Mayan indigenous medicine and how that even ties into your specialty, I'm curious you have my full attention on this one.
2: Yeah, okay, so this is where it really all started for me. Um, so after um, after PT school, I did a lot of sports medicine and worked at several different clinics and then um, there seeing a lot of like, I started to kind of gravitate towards the female athlete who had incontinence and um, a lot of them were mothers who had diastasis, prolapse. Um, And so I started working real closely with a urogynecologist. He was a very unique type of surgeon in that he didn't want to do surgery and so he would send a lot of patients my way, um, and and we just worked great together. He also worked with a nurse practitioner who um, was trained in Mayan indigenous medicine, and that's how I was connected um, into this type of practice, and so I was doing my typical uh, western medicine PT, um, you know, that I learned in school and through my fellowships, and and so this, um, just to clarify, my you know Western medicine PT is uh, biofeedback, Kegels, right? Um, mm-hmm. in, internal pelvic exams, internal pelvic floor release, you know, releasing the switcher with your hands and the paraspinals. So, very um, you know things I I learned in school, and it was it was isolating the pelvic floor really. Mm-hmm. And this was only getting me so far. My patients were getting better, but they they were reliant on me. They, they had to keep coming back yes. every week, every other week, every month. They needed my manual therapy. And I'm like, well, this, you know, this is not, you know, they're not independent. So this right. isn't true healing. Yeah. They're they're dependent. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I started talking with her name, is Cindy Asper, Aspermonti, And she said, you know, have you ever thought about how important... The position of the uterus is? And I was like, no, like, what are you talking about? And she invited me to a class that she was teaching um, about Maya abdominal massage. And I I went to this class and um, I received the treatment and it was life-changing for me. I, my whole life, I have had irregular periods and um, pelvic pain, tailbone pain, low back pain. Um, And despite being a, right, a doctor of physical therapy specializing in this stuff, I I still wasn't, you know, completely healed until I started implementing this method. And so um, I went and studied in Belize with her and um, a, a naturopath named Rosita Arvigo mm-hmm. and learned this um, Maya medicine That's and amazing. so the Mayans believe that you know your uterus in a in a female the uterus is like the center of you and really she is she's the center of us um, physically biomechanically right right in the center of our pelvis mm-hmm. um, but also um, Hormonally, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. So the Mayans believe that like if your uterus is not in her best position, everything else in that woman's body and life is, is gonna be a little off kilter. Okay. And so they focus on positioning the uterus. So it's a it's a massage that, you know, as a as a clinician, I can do to my patient, but then I also teach my patient how to position their own uterus.
1: No way. Yeah.
2: That's wild. It's like a very simple massage. Yeah. Um, and so when I brought this back to the, um, this is now kind of fast forward. Now I, I'm working, I created a women's health program within uh, this urogynecology practice. Mm-hmm. So now I'm working really closely with this surgeon and Cindy, the nurse practitioner who taught me my medicine. When I brought this, um, this technique of uterine positioning to all of my pelvic floor clients, it was like, whoa, they were getting better so much faster. They weren't scheduling as many follow-up visits. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what I started to notice is, you know, I'd position their uterus and then they'd they'd get off the table and they'd walk like they always do, posture like they always do, and then she'd go back into her old little spot. Right. And it it really took about three months. Is what I saw for like the the uterus to really like stay in her position, right? Uh, centered, yeah. Um, and so that's when I started looking for more active techniques to position the uterus. Okay. And that's what led me to um, finding a technique called hypopressive training.
1: Okay. So let's jump and into so- hypopressive training. That's that you have my attention okay. there too. That sounds interesting.
2: Great, and. Um, and so this is this hypopressive training. I, I learned this in uh, Spain. I studied in Spain with Tamara Rial for a couple months. Hypopressive training is a breathing and postural method that triggers um, through specific postures, so position of the spinal cord, and through specific rhythmic breathing patterns. This triggers the involuntary activation of the core muscles. Okay. And so the core muscles, remember, is head to pelvis. Right. It's everything except for your arms and legs. Yeah. So um, this, this technique triggers involuntary core muscle activation. It reduces the pressure in the abdomen and lifts and centers the organs.
1: For sure, I love so
2: it. It it sinks up the diaphragm and the pelvic floor.
1: That's so cool. Yeah, because you talk about the top and the bottom of that area. And how how much time does it take to do this hypopressive breath work?
2: Yeah. So it um, like a a regular practice. You mean? Like if some Um,
1: once you train someone how to do this work. What is the, because remember you said before you had a baby, you're like 60 minutes a day. And now you're like, yeah, three minutes, girl. Like, just give me three minutes. So like once someone grasps this, is it, is it a pretty quick reset or is it something that is, it takes a time investment?
2: It's incredibly fast reset it's so cool like one session of learning how to do this this breathing technique you'll you'll like visibly see like I watch my patients walk out with like a different looking abdomen better posture and you know that lightness in their pelvis and that that like decompression in the spine so there's lots of ways to implement this practice um you could do like if, if you're going to do like a longer kind of I call them flows. So it's sort of like you you flow through all these postures like you do in yoga while you're doing this rhythmic breathing pattern. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could do like a 15 to 20 minute flow every other day, like three to five days a week. Yeah. Or yeah. you could do um, like a five minute flow daily or even, you know, a couple like three minute flows where you can fit them in your day every other day sure so um there's a range but it's not it's not like you have to commit a lot of time to it gosh girl so so really we've cool.
1: talked i've got a huge old list of things here we've talked about you know pelvic floor therapy and and your background in sports medicine and gyno urology and maya indigenous medicine and hypopressive therapy which brings us all to this thing called the core recovery method Yes. So for our listeners, what is the core recovery method? Um, how does it work? How do they find it? Kind of give me the give me the ins and outs of your method.
2: Yeah, great. So the core recovery method was created after my experience in the urogynecology department with these patients. So um, I started out with these patients doing full, just hands-on work. Right. And then when I introduced them to uterine positioning, so that abdominal massage, paired with hypopressive training, that's when they really started becoming independent. And I I observed like true healing, like resolution of symptoms. And so in that I realized, whoa, I don't even like have to touch you. (laughs) I can just teach you how to do this massage and how to do this hypopressive breathing method. Um, And if you can do that, Like, I know that you can lift your prolapse, you can resolve your incontinence, you can get rid of your low back pain, you can lift and center your uterus, which will bring her blood flow and resolve your menstrual irregularity. Um, So all of those uh, pelvic floor core dysfunctions that we discussed in the beginning of the program, they all stem from the same biomechanical problem, which is mismanagement of pressure in your abdomen. And then, what the, the mechanism that manages pressure in your abdomen is your diaphragm and your pelvic floor. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so, when your diaphragm and your pelvic floor sync up and start working together, mm-hmm. the pressure in your abdomen is managed ideally so that when you receive a downward force, which we do all day long as humans walking around against gravity. Um, and you train within the subconscious autonomic nervous system, you can train your involuntary muscle fibers to always be lifting and centering your organs, decompressing your spine, and optimally managing the pressure in your abdomen, which results in better blood flow, um, narrower waist, uh, resolution of trigger points, and and you know all sorts of things. So,
1: this so that's su- what like my method lot. is. Sounds like a lot of stuff. Sounds complicated yet. Okay, so if someone's like, okay, it's me. I want to do this. How much time does someone need to invest in the learning process before you feel like they would have the tools, the technique, the ability to see an impact? What do you typically tell people like, this is the time investment in this program for you to probably, and obviously the more you do it, the better you're at it. But on the front end, what does that look like?
2: 30 minutes a day. 5 days a week and you can you can break up those 30 minutes into five 10-minute increments to to fit your day.
1: And is that so, the, is that doing the therapy or I guess is your program like a like a master class where someone goes and like has to watch these lectures to grasp the concepts and then you walk them through like maybe give a person what they would yeah. expect once they're on the inside of your of your program?
2: Okay, yeah. So the the core recovery method, um, it's, it's a comprehensive and simple protocol for optimal core health. There's four sections. The first section is core education. This is the section where you sit down and you listen to me talk for a couple hours. Um, I discuss the anatomy and physiology of the core, um, biomechanics of the core, what leads to core dysfunction and how to prevent core dysfunction. Talk about core hygiene, bowel and bladder health. And then I teach you how to assess your core. And so that you have like a baseline of what is your core function. Mm The next section is core therapy. So this section is broken down into uh, breathing exercises, organ positioning, and uh, trigger point release. So self-trigger point release. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The next section is hypopressive training. And so this is is the section where I teach that breathing method we just discussed. And then the last section is glute strengthening. So the, the strength of your glutes is, is absolutely critical to pelvic and core health and overall, um, you know, overall whole body health as well. Right. And so that's the entirety of the method. And then there's, there's a calendar section where I walk you through exactly like how to implement each of these techniques. Um, and it all comes down to about 30 minutes a day, five days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a resources section. That have all the all my favorite therapy tools and, and supplements and That's things. So good.
1: So you've, you're hoping to work yourself out of a job with this,
2: right? Which is
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. awesome. Okay, where do people find this if they're interested? Where do they go and find this course that you're selling?
2: Yeah, it's it's online. It's uh, thecorecoverymethod.com. Okay. And so, yeah, and they can learn all about the method on that on my website. And I have different plans. And so one of the options is the all access plan where you can buy the, the protocol in its entirety. So mm-hmm. those four sections all together, or you could buy each section um, individually.
1: And then show them um, so as you go.
2: They prefer. Good for yeah. you. Um,
1: So I love that. Um, and,
2: and with purchase of the all access program, they have unlimited access to me via text, email, voice, and video message support so that they can have any additional guidance that they need um, as they progress through it. So for example, like, am I doing this exercise correctly? Yeah. You can just shoot me a video message and I can give you feedback, you know, within a day or so.
1: So some of our patients and some of the people watching this are like, this sounds amazing. Um, I just want to go have Dr. Angie work on me. Is that still an option or are you all virtual now? Or how does, what is your, day-to-day professional life look like?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I still do a one-on-one virtual training. Um, A lot of times uh, patients will like to pair that with the um, core recovery online method. Cool. Um, And then I also see patients in person still.
1: That's awesome. Still want to get those hands on people to see what's going on from that standpoint. And then we'll put your, we'll put your Instagram and your other things in the show notes so that people can have access to that. So Dr. Angie, this was a very fun conversation. I'm always curious on how can we help people live better lives, right? How can we allow them to live a fulfilled life without these limitations in their way? So I am grateful for you. I'm grateful for your time. And I'm grateful for for Leah um, connecting us so that we could have this conversation. Yes, thank
2: you. Thanks, Dr. Greg. This was wonderful. I really enjoyed talking with